with chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Salty talk alert! (laughs) Listener discretion is advised. We use profanity in this podcast so if that language bothers you or anybody you're in the vehicle with or on a bike with don't listen to it salty talk alert he may finish it here oh, he's, he's out he's out it out. is all over UFC and digital media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah, powered by digital media find your voice and now your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Hi, it's Jim Norton. And Matt Sarah. That was a really awful start. You're fucking man. No, it's good. Here's we what's just great. Just keep going with it. We actually said to him, we're, we're already, this is only podcast number two, and already we're turning into bossy dicks. We're like, can we hear the intro? Like, we're going to get pumped. <laughs> and I'm like, where's my, where's my coffee? There's no coffee here? Yeah, we're already barking out demands. I came in with fruit as I'm trying to eat healthier. And don't buy strawberries outside. Why am I? Sh- my strawberries had hepatitis. I ate one and I threw the rest out. Don't buy Nasty. fruit from a guy. No. Yeah. If he's standing by a garbage can, don't buy fruit from him. <laughs> I have my dude. I'm always packing some protein bars and cashews. I'm trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it's I'm hard. trying to do the right thing lately. I got a, I got a problem with the food sometimes. That's my Achilles heel. Well, you guys, man, you train and then all of a sudden you, you eat a certain way. And you yeah. learn how to cut weight. Yeah, no, it's true. But you, in, when I was always fighting, uh, when I was competing, I if I had like say two fights a year, like two to three months uh, training camps, I'm, I'm, when I'm done training, I could blow up a little bit because I know I'm going to lose it all. But now, when you don't have another fight coming up. You got to make it more of a lifestyle. Yeah, do the right thing. It's harder to motivate yeah, yourself. No. It's like a raging bull. Yeah, man. I mean, yes. When we when we went to go eat after le- the last show, uh, and I tried to do the right thing, and I got a fil- I, I got a fillet burger. And so I'm thinking it's a burger, but it's really just a steak. Yeah, I'm such an idiot. So I so I'm, I'm like, what kind of bread does it come with? He said it doesn't come with bread. So I had him. I don't know if you saw. Like I always make sandwiches out of things, and I fucking. I got like that flatbread and I, I made a sandwich of it. And did you even notice? Was that embarrassing? I did. I, no, all of it, I was concentrating on the fact that I felt like we were burn, burned a lot. We shouldn't have ate outside. How hot was that? It was I fucking don't know, awful. Man. I think my head sunburn. Yeah. We, we, the, sitting outside was a bad idea. It was a terrible idea. So that's it, all I could concentrate on. Not the high of our first show, not the camaraderie, but the fact that I was in a physical misery. Let's talk. Let me tell you, what, what about the love we got? after the first show on Twitter and whatnot. I was like, listen, there's always going to be the uh, the jerk-offs that don't like you no matter what you do. But I was blown away by the the, the positive feedback. Couldn't believe it. I, yeah. I expected some people to like it. And there's going to be people that don't think we're good and they're not being dicks. Fuck them. No, I, okay. I, no, I, I, but I, know I agree emotionally. <laughs> but there are people who are just going to go, hey, man, I don't like this podcast. And that's fine. But uh, I was surprised by the overwhelming amount of positive stuff because usually when you start something... 
that's when the most horrible comments yeah. come out. So I, I appreciate everybody uh, weighing in and, and going to iTunes and uh, uh, reviewing it and, and subscribing. I even subscribe. It's the only podcast I subscribe to oh, shit, is man. this one. I got. I want to do that today. I yeah. feel like I'm not supporting us. Yeah, we should definitely both <laughs> subscribe to it. It's helpful. And but, Dana was great. Oh, man. And listen, I'm excited about today because we got we got big things coming up today. I mean, this is huge for a second podcast. CM Punk is calling in, and uh, we also have The Rock. And and I'm confused about um, what I should call. I asked you before, but The Rock, what do I, do I call Mr. Rock, The Rock, Dwayne? What do Just I call him. I, I would say Dwayne. I don't want to start with Dwayne because I feel like I, I that's too personal. What's his name? Who the fuck am I? Wait, wait, you're going to call him The? The fucking <laughs> Mr. Rock? Hello, yeah, Mr. Rock. Call Mr. Him Rock or Dwayne? Rock or Dwayne? Maybe I'll ask him. What should I call you? Yeah, exactly. Play, what would you play prefer? It safe. But anyway, when Dana told us last night that uh, that he's going to be coming in, I, he told me around eight o'clock. I was at my school. Just got done teaching my uh, my, my advanced uh, no gee class, bunch of animals, and uh, it, he told me at eight o'clock. I, I looked it up. I went to Fandango and. At 10 o'clock, I went and I saw his new movie, Central Intelligence. You saw that? With uh, Kevin, him and Kevin Hart. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was fucking good, man. I would have seen it. I enjoyed it. I had that. Dana said, hey, if you want to see the movie, you know, it'd be cool before you interview him. Mm. But I had, uh, I had a live event. Um, first, I had to bomb at a, a benefit. And, oof. What, do you, what do you mean? You, oh, had, you had to do a... Fuck, what, man. What kind, of, what kind of benefit? It was for my friend. She knows somebody who's got uh, cancer, so the benefits oh, were going to her. Fucking cancer. Yeah, yeah, medical benefits. Yeah. All right, so you went to this, and what kind of place was it? It was a comedy club downstairs, small crowd. and I, It was my technical error to open up with the Charlie Sheen hunk. That was probably not the smartest one to open with, and <laughs> so, wow. With, the what, with the what? The Charlie Sheen hunk? Yeah, I do a whole bit on Charlie Sheen. Oh, and, uh, man, I, I want to hear that. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. I, they didn't? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were not I happy. You want to hear it? No. Well, it's, so wait, so when it goes south, I mean, how does that... What do you what do you do? You have do you have any escape rounds, or do you do you you acknowledge that it's going south? It depends on why it's going south. If if it's uh, if it's going south because it's their fault, I say I am going to really flamethrow this event, and we're all going to need a shower before we walk out of here. But I knew it was my <laughs> taking fault. everybody down with us. Yes, you know what's funny? Our coffee just got here, and they're, Thank they're you. doing like a. A Rochambeau, like a whoop, whoop, whoop. Which one is which? It is was, that what you guys were just doing? That he walked in. I've never seen it. Was, it was kind of funny. He was trying to like figure out where to put the car. I've never I seen anybody panic so much with two. That's great. It's like there's two options. You have a 50% <laughs> shot of getting it right. But um, yeah, so I just started bombing and I kind of knew it was my fault. I opened with the wrong material. Yeah. So then you get back into the other what? stuff and you're like, well, let's see if this brings them around. And it did bring them around eventually, okay. but I wasn't angry at them because I knew I fucked up. How long did you have to go up for? I did about 15 minutes. Oh, wow, and uh, I'd say the last three were a home run. First 12 was a bit of a struggle. It was wow. a lot of this. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like tentative land. If that wasn't a benefit, they would have booed me. Oh man, it's a terrible feeling. Oh, that, that's got to be fucking. That's got to be terrifying. But you learn how to deal with it. It's like you know. I, I mean, again, you you understand what it is. You understand. Okay, this is just not working. And the penalty for a fighter is you're losing a fighter. You're being physically beaten up. The penalty for me is I can just take a deep breath. Yeah. All right, and take another shot of the joke. It's get, much easier. And you don't get mentally scarred when you're bombing in front of it's just like you not that you not, you go into it you're used to it you're like thanks i'm a fucking shitty comedian no you're not that you're used to it but every comedian had to bomb a lot times, oh dude hundreds you know? of times i bombed hundreds yeah. you, you, it, it's over the 26 years i'm doing stand-up 
Um, you guys hear that noise, right? They're doing some work on the building. That's not not our what lack of professionalism. That, I don't know. It's Do a giant rumbling. Like, you guys picking that shit up? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's like a queef. It's a giant queef in the building. So if it's you a hear fucking queef. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how uncomfortable was that after you had like you know back in the day? I'm talking about my single days. Sure, of, of course. course. Of course, my wife doesn't queef. Absolutely. But not. Uh, back in the days when you 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 know you don't having sex or something, and then all of a sudden the fucking the girl now the girl doesn't know what to say. Is it a, it's, it's not a fart. It's a I I swear it came from my pussy. I mean, <laughs> right or wrong, they don't know what to say. I mean, right? They, they, one time it was uh, what was that the Heartbreak Kid? Not a great movie, but uh, with fucking Ben Stiller, and uh, she goes into the bathroom after sex. You ever see the movie? No. They go to. Eh, it's not the best, but it was. Just, there's some funny parts. Ben Stiller marries this girl real quick. It's a quick wedding, and then it starts out like she looks so special, but she ends up being a real fucking whack job. So after they have after they have sex, she goes into the bathroom, and he hears a fucking fucking and then all of a sudden I just fucking just drenched my microphone and all of a sudden you know he's sitting there with his eyes open like fucking and she goes that wasn't a fart it was I just queefed big time it was fucking hysterical (laughs) that that reason alone is you should watch the movie for that reason alone well it happens a lot of times when you're done like after sex uh, a lot of times, it's just—it's almost like the vagina. For, for me, I always take it like a pussy is sighing at my bad performance. <laughs> but you know, it, it is—it is what it is. You know, you take it for what it's worth. It's one of those oh, things. Oh shit! I'm lightheaded. It's one of those oh. things. By the way, back to the, <laughs> back to yeah. I, I just I wrote down Eric B and Rakim. They responded to somebody uh, with some with Dana. So apparently, what? Eric B and Rakim, like one of those guys, if not both of them, listen to the podcast. Get yesterday. the fuck out! Listen to this. I hope so. Oh man, I very listen, I'm an old school guy, man. That, that's that's amazing. Are you are you ever meeting people who are fans of you? That you're surprised know who you are? Uh, every time, man. Like, who, who's, who have you met that you're like, oh, fuck, man, I didn't think... Well, I, no, no, I don't want to say someone's a fan of mine. We're well, not a fan, but they, um, they enjoyed your work. Well, it's one of those things where, like, if I'm, like, at a UFC event or something, and then fucking, oh, shit, man, what, do we, we got a call? Yes, by the way, I've never seen anybody panic more than you just panicked <laughs> at that phone. Oh, producers, yeah. fucking... Ah. Hello? Hello. Hey, CM. Hey, how are you, Jim? Hey, buddy. Hey. How you doing, man? What's up, bro? Matt Sarah's here, too. Matt, how are you? Mr. Sarah, I'm lovely. How are you? Uh, call me Matt. Mr. Sarah's my father's name. So I'm so happy you're calling in. Where are you right now? I am standing outside uh, Rufus Sport Gym because it's a dungeon and I get no service down in the basement. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Is that in Chicago? Where is that? No, that's Milwaukee. Oh, okay. So how's the training going? Uh, really well. Um, I've been, I mean, I got cleared by my doctor yesterday morning, uh, for, for everything. And I've been cheating a little bit on that, that rule anyway, uh, for like the past month. Um, but it, uh, it, it's, it's nice to be, to be healthy. <laughs> I'm sure Matt understands that. Like, oh man. Let me, th- let me tell you the hardest thing is, uh, I, I mean, getting to the, to the fight in one piece is, is usually the, uh, the toughest goal <laughs> when it comes down to getting ready for one of these fights. Uh, is there any date uh, on when? You, I know you just got cleared and you're back to training. Do we? Yeah. Know, well, I you, you any- know I, I've been laying low media wise because you know I I got nothing to say. You know I got yeah. no date. I got nothing to say, and you know you can't really talk a whole bunch of shit and, and until you've you've stepped in there, which I haven't, and I understand all that. Sure. So you know I've just been uh, rehabbing my back. And doing what I can, striking and jujitsu wise. And uh, now, yeah, I, the instant I got cleared, I, you know, 
I got on the horn with Dana and we, we, we nailed everything out. So I will be debuting September 10th in Cleveland. Oh, this is exciting. September That's 10th. Awesome. Cleveland. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, uh, for for obviously a myriad of reasons, um, I'm I'm happy to have a date. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I, I can proudly say, like you know, I'm healthy. I'm strong again. You know, and, and to, to touch on that again, like you know how it, you just you you don't know how hurt you are, and you just keep you just keep grinding and you keep training and you keep training until you you can't. And that's that was a situation I was in. You know, and I, I hit a brick wall with my back and found out I've been walking around with a herniated disc for probably years. The doctor assumed so. It's a uh, it's a whole new world for me now. I'm, I'm healthy, and uh, it's nice to be able to do things that uh, I probably haven't really been able to do uh, fully, you know, in a couple of years. And who and who are you fighting? Uh, Mickey Gall. Okay, that's yes. who we assumed it was. Yeah, um, on looking Dana White looking for a fight. Uh, we've, we yeah, uh, you, we were found you, you that were there guy. for that. Right? Yes, yes, I was. I was there for that. I was there for his UFC uh, debut versus. I'll, I'll call Mike Jackson because every time I say Michael Jackson, I chuckle. I'm such a child. But uh, yeah, no, no. He <laughs> well, then you wouldn't be chuckling if you're Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, but um, no, but uh, yeah, I mean, Mickey Gall. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what is your thoughts on your opponent? I mean, let me tell you, very well rounded kid. Uh, a game fighter. He he, you know, the nerves did not get to him when he got into that octagon. I mean, that was very exciting. What's your thoughts on him? He's definitely, a, I mean, a quality guy, but at this UFC, you know, you're not going to expect anything different. Right. You know, I think there's a lot of uh, suspect people out there with their opinions thinking that, you know, they're going to throw a can at me or, or whatever. And they really haven't, you know, uh, I mean, uh, body, body weight, height, weight, reach, everything. Like, I think we're almost identical. Um, experience goes to him, you know, like he's, he's fought in the octagon and other, other places. And I haven't, uh, he's, a, he's a nice guy. You know, I, I talked to him very briefly, uh, at his debut, you know, and, and I felt bad that I had this setback and he's been kind of just, uh, sitting on the sidelines waiting, but you know, here we are now. Um, I think he's a tough kid, you know, but also his fights have been pretty short. So you don't really get to see all of his skills, but I kind of look at not so much the guy, but who he, they train with, you know, and he trains, he trains at a great camp in New Jersey, the Miller brothers, you know, I got nothing respect for, yeah, for those guys. So, you know, I, th- that's the whole reason I did this is, is to challenge myself. So it's, it's going to be a challenge and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, uh, your motivation, because there's guys, you know, for fighting guys have different, different, you know, things that motivate them, whether it's money, fame and stuff like that. And you, you achieve that. I mean, there's, but there's also as being a, a, a former fighter, there's something else that, that money can't buy. And that's that feeling. That's that, that when you're talking about testing yourself, is that what this is all about? Like just to go in there and the ultimate testing ground? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I think there's probably something seriously wrong with me. You know, <laughs> Definitely to, all of us. Everyone, everyone's <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, like why, I would, I would want to do this. And, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm a guy who, who, who gets bored easily. And, you know, I have goals and there's things in life that uh, I enjoy. And, you know, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. You know what I mean? So this is, Beautiful. uh, I've already met, you know, people that are going to be lifelong friends. I've already learned more about martial arts and myself as a whole because of this. And, you know, this is just the beginning. So to me, that's pretty exciting. I, I, I try to live, uh, you, you know, you know, uh, I think Cowboy Cerrone says it. Like, there's a guy you look up to, you know what I mean? Like, that guy will fight anybody, anytime, anywhere, two weeks' notice, two days' notice, two months' notice, doesn't matter. 
you know, and he says, live a, a life worth living. You know what I mean? And I don't want to, I don't want to wake up someday and be like, ah, man, I could have done this or I, I wish I did this. You know, and I look at everything in my life as a learning experience, and this is going to be no different. Was, was there a point where you thought this fight wasn't going to happen? Because it's been talked about for a long time, and then it went away, and then people start wondering, all right, is this window closing? Is this never going to actually happen? Did you ever start to wonder, like, man, I'm never going to, I'm never going to fight in the UFC? Uh, the worry of that definitely crept into my head, but, you know, I try to stay positive, and I, I don't think you can kind of dwell on the negative. You know, like, the back surgery thing is a fucking bum out. Like, yeah. anytime you have any kind of a surgery, you're an athlete. I mean, it, it, it fucking sucks, you know? And then there's the, the months of, of rehab where, you know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was riding the bike, you know, three different times a day for 45 minutes, you know, just because it was really all I could do. And that's, that's pretty depressing as somebody who's pretty active, you know, but I, I never thought that it was over. I never thought that I wasn't going to make it to a fight. I never thought I wasn't going to fight. You know, I, I, I stayed positive. A lot of fighters have different opinions about you being in the UFC. And personally, coming from me, I, I respect it. Like I just said before, uh, guys have different uh, motivations for getting in the octagon, for, for fighting in, the, in, in that cage. And uh, the fact that you want to test yourself, the fact – I'll tell you right now, and from hearing you talk right now, you're not going to regret it. No matter what happens, I mean, if you win, phenomenal. If you go out there and it does not go your way – Man, when you talk about the journey compared to the destination and, and whatnot, that really is what it's about. And you will definitely, no matter what goes down, you're going to have a memory for when you're in that rocking chair telling your grandkids and whatnot. And and that's something that, you know, like we said before, like I said before, money can't buy. So so you got my respect. I respect that you want it. I know what it's like in there. And, uh, you know, anybody that gets in, it gets in my respect. Well, I Good appreciate that. And, you know, when, once I'm there, um, you know, that'll mean, that'll mean the, the world to me. But, you know, I, I, like you said, I got to get there. Maybe exactly. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's my challenge right now. You know? Have you gotten and, any uh, negative blowback from, like, uh, UFC guys who think, like, well, why is he doing this? Um, see, the, the funny thing about, I think, the world we live in now with social media and stuff like that is oh. I can go on Twitter or whatever, and I can just get the fucking depressed. You know 100%. what I mean? Uh, yes, millions I of people... <laughs> tweeting all kinds of negative, you know, dopey shit at me um, with their ignorant, misinformed opinions. I mean, Jim, you you know, you probably get that, you know, as, as much as I do. But Dude, if it wasn't for hateful that, things, I'd have four followers. <laughs> right? Right, yeah, exactly. I'm right there people with you. People are like, wow, you have, you have 2.5 something million followers. I'm like, yeah, but they, they, all, <laughs> they all hate me. <laughs> they like know? to weigh in, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can't listen to that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, I try to to stay away from that and i've really stayed away from it for the past uh, month or so it's just you can get in a bad place in your own head about that you know you, and i i would much rather listen to you know my wife my friends my trainers my team you know what i mean like hey I, i'm not the best at this no shit you know i know that uh i i want to fucking give it a shot i don't think there's anything wrong with that as far as actual uh fighters in the ufc i've seen stuff on twitter um, some guys have said stuff and then have been nice to my face. Some guys have been, you know, great. And I, I, I tend to find, uh, the most successful fighters such as yourself, uh, Matt, like, I, you know, um, you could have just said yourself. We both knew it was Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <there> you, 
yeah, they they don't. They're the ones that are like, fuck it, yeah, go for it, good for you, kid. You know, uh, do your thing. Uh, but I also understand. I understand both points of view. I really do. I understand some of these guys that uh, you know are are making what they probably should make, and they see a guy like me kind of come in and quasi get the red carpet rolled out for me. But at the end of the day, it's it's still going to be a fucking fist fight. In That's that it. Age. A little and, jealous you know, of the attention. And, and, you and, and if I lose, if I lose. You know, they then they get the fucking the laugh at me on Twitter, and you know, and if I win, fuck yeah, they're good for me. Yeah, but you know what? If you win, then they're gonna say, "Oh, the guy sucked." You're never gonna win in that you, sense. Well, yeah, that that too. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? I, if I beat if I beat Mickey, Mickey sucks. If Mickey beats me, ha ha, lol. You know, go back to WWE. Like, yeah, and that's why you can't you can't invest any of your time in that. Let me tell you, I feel it's like the hardest time ever being uh, a, a public uh, a public figure whether it's a fighter entertainer whatever it is because of everybody's got a voice and a lot of those voices are just really fucking hateful and negative and they're upset with their own lives and they attack you i remember before my fight with saint pierre the first fight uh people were just really just laughing at it and i remember i i took a glimpse i'm like ah, let me see what they're saying on the forums and there's like oh oh, oh pictures of the fight with uh saint pierre and sarah i go what the fuck we didn't fight yet so i looked at the picture and it was a like a dead body and like what is that thing the body bag uh and has my name on it getting put into a fucking getting put into yeah. an ambulance and then i keep reading it's like the only way sarah could win if a fucking light fixture falls and lands on same i can't i got fuck i got off that thing so fast i'm got like it. you bunch of fucks it's it's brutal but you know you could use yeah. it to fuel you too yo though you know well see, yeah I, yeah but you you know you, you it's poison you know what i mean 100 percent. there and you read that stuff and you, you drink enough fucking poison you're gonna get sick exactly so, yeah, you gotta you, you gotta there's a, you gotta balance it you know yeah i don't i haven't surrounded myself with a bunch of guys who are like wow you're great everything you fucking do is great trust me these guys are fucking killers and they're hard on me you know what i mean they they're they're, they're beating me up and they're doing what i i they need to do to make me better and i appreciate that you know well, you, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. You, you were making money in the WWE, and, and the fact that you are now willing to do this, people should respect that because it's not like you, you, you're desperate for money. You walked away from something, and you're volunteering to get into a really hard sport. Like, I don't see how anybody can not respect that. Well, you know, some people, some people are jealous. Jealousy is a hell of a thing, you know, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for me. Well, I'll tell you, you surrounded yourself with a, I mean, you're in the great hands. I mean, I love Duke and that whole team over there. I mean, I mean, he's phenomenal. Uh, and and uh, I, I know with that guy in your corner, man, I mean, you're definitely, you're going in there with a, with, with a great team. So you definitely have that going for you. So. For sure, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, it it, it helps. It's uh, it's only ninety minutes from Chicago, my hometown. You know, so it's it's nice that uh, you know one day a week I can go home, go to the beach, chill out. How has the uh, weight stuff been for you? Because uh, in WWE, you don't have to worry as much about the weight, and now you have an it's like an exact science. Is that something that you've kind of stayed close to where you have to be, or how do you plan on cutting it when if you have to? Yeah, I'm not I'm not super concerned about that. You know, um, I'm I'm in great shape right now and I'm, I'm hovering around like 190 so if i gotta cut the 170 i you know i'll, I'll be fine and I, I got the time september 10th is uh it is right around the corner but time wise uh you know i, I got the time i never I, I never just eat whole cakes anymore i used to I miss that. <laughs> maybe, 
Maybe we'll do that. We'll do that in Cleveland after the fight. We'll eat a whole cake together if you guys are going to be there. <laughs> oh, man. Do you ever question yourself as to why you're doing this? Was there ever a point where you were like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, was there like maybe when you had the surgery or were you just sitting there going, oh, my God, this was a terrible mistake? I mean, no, fuck no. If you, if you think about it, I'm glad I was doing this because I'd probably still be walking around with a herniated disc if I didn't, uh, you know, have the UFC doctors fucking, you know, spot it and take care of it, you know? Um, I, I jokingly say that sometimes, but it's never serious. I'll, I, you know, I'll be like, oh man, I worked out five times today. What the, f- why am I, why am I fucking doing this? I just want to eat a pizza, you know? Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's really it. It's never, there's never anything like I get high kicked and I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? This is, this is stupid. I'm one of those guys that, like I said earlier, there's probably something wrong with me and I enjoy doing this and this is my environment and I'm thriving in it. Yep. Do we know who the uh, main event is yet? Yes, Felipe and uh, oh god, Overeem. 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 Oh, oh my god, man. right. Shit, we got to get to that, Jimmy. We got to go do a podcast from there. We got to get to that fight. Yeah, I would love to. I would love <laughs> to go and watch that fight. I think they'll do that for us now. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> no. We're, Matt, Matt and I are going out to uh, to two hundred and um, uh, Fabricio Ben Rothwell. That's the fight. Oh, it's not Stipe. It's. Uh, both of them. Oh, oh, so wait, that's not the main event? No, it is. The uh, Miocic Overeem is the main event, and then that's also on that card. What, oh, no, I'm saying, but Ben Rothwell is not the main event. No. Okay. No, that's having a miscommunication with the producer. Co main? What is that? And, and uh, Fabrizio yeah, Verdum, yeah. That's interesting, too. Oh, man. Well, it looks like a great card, man. And I'm, I'm psyched about your. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're super psyched about your debut, but. Oh, a yeah. lot of people are, man. It's been a long time coming. And I, I definitely hear you where you're like, man, you're in a tough spot where you're like, yo, I don't want to, I can't really talk about too much shit because I didn't get in there yet. I totally get what you're saying with that, man. <laughs> you know, because until you get in there, you, you feel like uh, you, you don't want to be, you know, blowing your horn there. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I, got, I, I can't. What the fuck am I going to say? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know. Uh, but no, guys have been nice to you. Sorry, uh, guys have been nice to your face. Like they've, they've said some stuff, and then when you meet them, they're 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 just pleasant. Like they like you're not going to hear what they say. Yeah, but you know, I mean, Twitter's a different fucking world. I get it. You know, there's some guys out there that that need to do that to to I don't know get ready for their fight or uh, you know boost up their status or what, whatever it is. And it doesn't it doesn't bother me. You know, like uh, every everybody I've hung out with and and fucking trained with has been a, a sweetheart. You know, the nicest guys ever. And you were you were close with uh, Chael Sonnen, right? Uh, so is he helping you at all with this, or are you are you talking to him at all? I uh, we 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 text um, kind of infrequently now. You know, I mean, he's he's busy, new daddy, and all that stuff. Oh right. Um, and so I don't I don't know uh, what's going on with him. Like I, I I've never uh, I haven't trained with him, so um, it'd be something I, I'd be extremely open to. But uh, now he's he's way out on the uh, the other side of the earth as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. Now, what's the difference between this two? Because again, man, people think don't, don't understand that in WWE you're taking very hard hits, and, and you know it's a it's a grueling and dangerous sport as well. But what's the mentality difference between going into it with an opponent there and then going into it in a, in, in the octagon where there's a, definitely a different intent or a harsher intent in, in, in what your opponent has? Well, you know, obviously the the, the in wrestling, you know, you're, you're trying to make it look like you're smashing a guy without actually touching him at all. Right. And, you know, somebody who was, like, super, super good at that was Bret Hart. You know, he, he always made it look like he was killing a motherfucker, and he never was, you know. And there's there's guys that are really, really good at that, and then there's guys that aren't so good at that. And, you know, so if I'm going into a fight, you know, I got my hands up, 
some, some wrestling, I, I maybe don't have my hands up, there's a chance you might get jabbed in the face, lose a tooth. You don't know what the other guys are going to do sometimes. Some guys are safer than others is all I'm saying. And, you know, sure. and, and I've worked my, my fair share of, of unsafe guys. And that's not to say that they had the mentality that they were going to go in there and hurt me. Some guys are just clumsy. Fuck, I was a clumsy motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I was never the most super athletic guy. And sometimes I would do shit. And, you know, I'd fucking wind up hurting myself. Would you guys ever say to each other in the ring, like, what the fuck was that you just did? Or would you wait until after? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> And, 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 and the funny thing about it is sometimes you just laugh about it. There's sometimes I would get hit so hard and the people you, you wind up actually beating the shit out of, those are the ones you're friends with. Oh, you know really? I mean? Like if I, if I was wrestling a guy that I didn't like, I would make sure to go out of my way to not fucking stiff the guy at all. Because then there's a problem. Because then he's like, oh, you did that on purpose. If I fucking clock my friend in the face or kick him in the nuts, or, you know, step on his hand, or something like that. It, it's, just, it's just funny. You can laugh about it afterwards. What was the moment where you said to yourself, like, there had to be a moment where you, you're watching UFC, or you're watching MMA, and you go, I want to do that. that I want to move from That's this good. to that. And what was that moment for you? I, I don't know if I can really peg one specific moment. It, it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I've always... Uh, been fascinated with jujitsu. Uh, I used to do Kempo Karate out in Shanahan, Illinois, under a guy named Bob Golden, and we had a black belt in jujitsu. I wish I could remember his name, but I, I can't. And it was the first time I ever saw Brazilian jujitsu, and it was, you know, it was like a fucking magic trick. You know, I'm, I'm sure Matt, you can remember the first time you ever saw it. You know, hundred uh, percent. We had we had Dan Severn come down to train with our black belt. Uh, because he was getting ready to, uh, for the super fight against Hoist. So oh, like, I, I saw that, and I, it was always in the back of my head. Like, you know, but to me, I, I was already doing pro wrestling, and that took me in a different direction. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I obviously, yeah. uh, I, I did okay. <laughs> I did all right in that, that venture. But once it was over, you know, there was a, there was a void. I was like, ah, fuck, I, I, I need to do something. And, you know, one day my phone rang, and it was, it was Dana Lorenzo. And they would always needle me when I was at the shows. They would always be like, everything about getting in there? And I would always say, yeah, all the fucking time. Like, you know, it, it looks like a blast. And, you know, it, things kind of fell in order, and, and it just, just kind of happened. But I don't know if there was ever really one big moment, you know. Uh, I, I used to watch all the Pride shows, like all that shit. Um, so I've always been a big fan. And and that Dan Severin versus Hoist fight, that's uh back at UFC number four. <laughs> that was yeah. that's back in the day. I've been uh, yeah, like when you say when if you when you first saw uh jujitsu, you know, uh did you ever watch I know you were with the Gracie brothers for a while. Did you ever watch those Gracie in action uh tapes? Oh yeah, like the VHS. Oh uh, yeah, man. Gym, that's gym wars. Yeah. That's what got me hooked. That's what the, the Gracie right? in action too is what got me hooked. I used to you know, I used to scrap a lot as a kid and and I used to do Wing Chun Kung Fu with my father, but and and you know what? Are you familiar with Wing Wing Chun? Yeah. At all? And you know what? And it looks great. I had a wooden dummy in my garage, and uh, I'd be doing some uh, combat drills with my father, sticky hands, and anytime I got into a street altercation, I'd end up tackling a guy or put his head into my knee and grab. I, I mean, I was just a natural grappler, and. The, the wing, it just wouldn't work for me. I'd start with a chain right. punch and I'd end up double legging a guy. So that's why when I found these, uh, the Gracie in action, I was like, oh my God, you mean with this system, there's no forms or this or that. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Oh, hold on. You know, what's great when I, when I'm, I, you know, and I got ADD and I got my producer giving me a thumbs up. Like we got to get the fuck out of here. No, listen, no, no, that's no. funny shit. That's okay. I can say that. 
No, he's just being now encouraging. He's, now, oh, is that? Oh, yeah, that's a good a, thing. He'll sometimes the producer at CM will <laughs> yeah. look over and just give a little smile. And he a gave thumb. a fucking thumbs up, and I'm thinking, oh he's shit, I'm looking at the guy. clock. It's 30 minutes. I'm like, we gotta. It's like when you're. It's like when you. It's like when you have no balls and two strikes, and you look over at your dad, and he gives you the thumbs and up, like, fucking, oh, my son stinks. You fucked me up, Papa. Anyway, <laughs> maybe maybe he misheard. Maybe he misheard you, and he thought you said Wang Chung. Yeah, Wang Chung. He's chunging it. Fuck yeah. Wang Chung, that's good. That's great. But anyway, I, I'm a, a jujitsu is in my blood, man. I I had to get in here early this morning. I had to get a roll in because I fucking love it. But I feel bad, man. I don't want to keep you from practice, dude. I know that fight's coming up. Yeah, I gotta. Uh, I'm not. I'm not in a fucking hurry. I already worked out once today. Oh fucking! What time do you start in the morning? Uh, normally like at eleven. The gym opens at ten thirty. Is it weird? Like when people question your dedication, like they think, ah, oh, he's just doing this for whatever. Uh, and not realizing exactly what you, and I'm not talking about fighters, but people who don't really, you know, who don't fight questioning why you're doing this and not understanding what you really have to put into this to be good at it. The 12 year olds on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it would, it would be amazing if I was just like, fuck it and didn't train and didn't learn anything and just ate hot dogs on my couch and just didn't make weight. And I, I'd still get paid. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm working hard. I'm, I'm taking this very seriously. Well, as a kid, you know, Matt was talking about rolling and fighting and, and street altercations. I had none of them. Uh, were you the type of kid that... Really? Would, you? I know. I, well, I, that's why I'm funny because I had a big mouth, but I, just, I, you know, I would quickly joke and get out of it. And, uh, and I was telling Matt before the show, you know, comedians, the difference between us and fighters is you guys handle things the way we wish we could. Like I'm only funny because I cannot do what you guys do. So were you a fighter yeah, as a most kid? Most of us wish we had your biting humor. Exactly. You don't need it. You have a right hook. Believe me. <laughs> Fuck biting cut, humor. Cut I'll their wrists with my words, like you do. You know. Um, yeah. I when I was a kid, I was like you. I, I I had the biggest mouth. I used to get the shit beat out of me, and I would never stop talking shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's just it's just the way it was. Like I figured, uh, well, they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to get me to stop talking. You know, they can they can blacken my eye, but that big fucking deal that'll go away. You know, and I, I yeah, I was like, I was I was more comedian than fighter when I was a kid for sure. Oh, so you like that high, that high of getting a laugh? You understand what that's about? That how good that feels? No, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you, 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 controlling controlling an audience is. Uh, I mean, it, there's an there's an art to it, and it it is very much a drug for sure. Well, your mic technique uh, in WWE, I'm always amazed at what great great uh, uh, communicators and talkers professional wrestlers are because you ha first of all most of that is improv isn't it when, you, when you're standing there and, and you know whoever Vince was interviewing you you're pretty much improving whatever it is you're saying yeah uh, I, I think the, the good ones the, the, the interviews and the promos people remember uh, those are improv now you know now I, I wrestling is just overscripted to death and you know it's almost like they got a chokehold on it and some guys need to operate that way and I, I feel like some people need to let loose and be themselves. You know what I mean? Like you got a whole room of guys writing for you. They sure. don't. They don't know you. They don't know where you're coming from. They don't know your perspective or your character and stuff like that. And you know, if you're if you're out there being disingenuous, saying words that three other people wrote, uh, you know, I I always felt that the crowd could tell. And then they're gonna they're gonna pay attention to their phones, or they're gonna you know shit on the whatever segment you're in. Um, so yeah, I was always a big fan of just kind of doing my own thing. Did you ever start really falling apart in the middle of one, like you're delivering it and you're like, oh no, and then you're just totally fucking it up? You must have had one where you're like, oh, I stink. Oh yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I wrestled for so long, like you know, even before WWE, that you know that that's how you learn. You know what I mean? Like I I I, I relish those failures because that's 
that's how you learn. Like, oh shit, I, I totally screwed up. I let that guy, you know, it's like let, letting a heckler get the best of you. You know what I mean? Like crap. Like I let that guy get the better of me. I can either pack it up and never do this again, or I can learn from that mistake. And the next time somebody heckles me, I can fucking crush them. I've gotten beaten by a few hecklers in my life. It's humiliating. I remember one time I, I was doing a gig in Wildwood, New Jersey. And I was new, it was 1992, and this guy was heckling the shit out of me, and he was fucking destroying me. And afterwards, really? I talked to him. He kept, like, in the middle of my act, he's like, stand up! And the whole crowd laughing at me because I'm short. And he was just like one of those guys who was hammering me. And it turns out, yeah. he was a dunk clown. Like, that was what he did for a living, was he sat there and heckled oh. people professionally. So I had my asshole ripped out by a dunk clown in front of an audience. Wow. <laughs> it's humiliating. They all pricks, those dunk clowns. Oh, man. yeah. They're the worst. Right? All right, CM, uh, we appreciate it very much, man. And, can, dude, congratulations. I'm happy that you're healthy. And it's uh, September 10th, right? Yeah, September 10th in Cleveland. Against Mickey Gall is your, your uh, UFC debut, and it is actually happening. It is actually happening. Who fucking knew? <laughs> well, I'm happy, man. I'm happy for you. And anyone that was questioning your intent is, uh, is just ridiculous to not understand exactly what you're doing to get ready for this fight. Nah, you know, fuck them. They, they'll still question it. You know what I mean? Let's, let's worry about what's in front of me and worry about myself and everything else will fall into place. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, man. Uh, you guys ever need me? You guys ever need me on for anything else? You know, let me know. I'll be at 200 too. So maybe awesome. we can, uh, you know, have a powwow. Yeah, it'd be nice, man. We'll, we'll be out there. So I'd love to see you. Yeah, thanks so much, okay. CM. I appreciate it. No worries, guys. Have a good day. All right. See you soon, man. Take care, bro. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Such a good guy. What a nice dude. Yeah. But it's it's funny how people question a guy who's walking away. Not that wrestling's easy, but it's 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 not as tough as MMA. And the fact that a guy's willing to do that and not go like like Brock. I mean, fucking Lesnar makes a lot of money in WWE and here he's getting in the ring with Mark Hunt, yeah. who fucking hits like a train. Yeah, I mean, they they have to have that thing in them as a fighter that they a thirst that has to be quenched that you're not gonna get it quenched anywhere else, you know? Yeah. But, uh, speaking of thirst. Oh my God, what an excellent segue. You know, because a lot of people say, what do you do with your thirst? Beetroot juice. I happen to like beets. I enjoy them very much. Um, and I think they get a bad rap. Beet Elite can help support healthy circulation, help promote energy, stamina, and extended exercise endurance. Beet Elite is the easiest and most effective way to consume natural dietary nitrates. We've both tried it, and there's, it gives you a nice energy boost. I mean, there really is something to it. You know, I, uh, I like to get a roll out early, a roll like jujitsu before I get my day going. And this morning, before I got on the train, I tried it out. And let me tell you something. I felt good. No upset stomach, no nothing. The taste was good. It wasn't too tangy or anything. It tastes nice. And, and you don't uh, crash like coffee. I'm an espresso guy, but I might just switch totally to Beat Elite. Well, the thing is that beetroot juice has been causing waves lately in the fitness community. Clinical studies have shown that two glasses of beetroot juice per day can increase stamina by 16%, which is pretty amazing because I'm always tired. My sleep is bad. So anything that can help improve stamina for me is important. Now you can harness the power of beets without having to chug beetroot all day long. Obviously, beets are a nutrition goldmine. They're rich in antioxidants, polyphenols, electrolytes, and dietary uh, nitrates. Dietary. They don't help you speak English better, <laughs> but they really are good. They have dietary nitrates. Dietary. Sometimes I'm in a hurry. I have so much energy that I just rush the words. Nitrates convert to nitric oxide in the body, which anyone who is serious in weight room knows it's the key to getting that pump that you're looking for. Go to UFC Beats, B-E-E, -E, not B-E-A, UFCBeats.com. 
They have a page set up for our listeners to save $20 off their intro pack. One canister of the Beat Elite Plus, a box of the sport packs, plus free shipping on your order. Try it with your workout. And if you don't feel a difference the first time, they offer a 90-day money-back guarantee. I think you'll be pretty surprised. Visit UFCBeats.com today to check it out. And be sure to let us know what you think. That's UFCBeats.com. And we thank those guys also for having faith in our show and supporting us. So please support the sponsors because it's nice to them. You know, we're so far an untested show and they're immediately throwing their support in, which... 100%. Which is nice. Be elite. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra. All right, the phone is ringing, and uh, we have The Rock calling in. How are you, man? Good. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia, on the set of Fast and Furious. Oh, wow. You, you really do not. Do you take any break in between filming? Like, how much time will you actually take off when you're done with one? Uh, not too much time. Like, I generally need probably about four weeks to transition into... Uh, whatever the next role is, uh, you know, so for example, I went from Baywatch to Fast and Furious. Baywatch, I was about 235, and for Fast and Furious, I needed to come in at probably about 255, so it was kind of challenging in that four-week window, but I was able to put on a little bit of weight. So g- generally, <laughs> the short answer is uh, about three to four weeks before I go into something else. Oh, and for you, it's a, it's a weight or it's a physical issue. It's not a matter of just wanting to relax a little bit. It's you got to get yourself physically where you want to be. Yeah, I think it's a combination of physical, well, especially with Baywatch and Fast and Furious. So with Baywatch, much of the movie, you know, we're playing lifeguards. It's a big comedy. Uh, you know, the, the, the shape of a lifeguard, or at least my interpretation of it, was a little bit different. And then coming into Fast and Furious, look, it's a big franchise. I wanted to shake things up and disrupt it a little bit. And I wanted to come in like a beast. So I took a good four and a half weeks of uh, changing my training around, changing my diet around. Um, but generally it, it's a physical thing, uh, because I could get my breaks because what happens with my family and we just had a new baby, um, Congratulations. Congratulations. Travels, uh, thank you guys. The family travels with me. So I have my family time. Uh, they're with me all the time. So I, I don't feel like there's anything lacking in terms of family. So I, I try and, you know, uh, make things as balanced as possible in terms of family. So it generally, yes, it becomes a physicality thing. Hey, Rock, how are you, buddy? It's Matt Sarah. What's up, my man? <laughs> Listen, uh, nothing, same old man. I, Dana called last night. He told me you were going to be on. I got so excited. It was like 8 o'clock at night. I was at my jiu-jitsu school. I went to Fandango, wow. and I'm like, let me – I was going to see it anyway. I go, let me see Central Intelligence. I love Kevin Hart. I love The Rock. I saw that thing. I got baby. I'm like, Thank goodness for my, my sister-in-law. She came over, watched my, my three kids. Me and my wife, wow. we saw the 10 o'clock show on the Central Intelligence. And let me tell you something, man. We had a blast. And the whole audience had it was sold out. The whole audience was was uh, laugh out loud. In what the fuck is that? Laugh what out laugh louding. out louding? That's a perfect that, way that, to say is it. That the, just, what the hell did I just say? Why it was wonderful. should I just said we were all lolling? No, you were laugh no, out we louding. We were laugh out louding. But you got my. You know what I'm saying? It was it was such a good such a good movie. Ah, thank you, man. Look, I I appreciate it. I I think you know you never know if these things are gonna work. You know when you put two guys together, you never know if the chemistry is going to click and and really feel authentic to people or if it's just going to feel like a bunch of bullshit but we got real lucky man look i left i love kevin uh he's he's the real deal a really good dude he works his balls off uh in terms of movies and promoting and everything that he does and and we made a good movie man you know with a little 
it was a little challenging because we came out in the summer with all these big franchises and we had this little original comedy uh, and we hope to work and, and, and we got real lucky, man. So, you know, the audience is loving it. Um, it wound up being a big hit for us. And, and, and there was a lot of laugh out louding. Laugh <laughs> out louding. <laughs> oh, they're going to, let me tell you, we were talking about the Twitter attacks and I'm going to get destroyed for that. I mean, somehow we're going to have to edit that out, <laughs> but I'll tell you, man, from the audience that I was with, I smell sequel. Cause you guys had great chemistry, man. And not for nothing, Kevin Hart, not a lot of guys could do what you're doing because I mean Arnold Schwarzenegger comes to uh comes to mind with kindergarten cop yeah. and with uh what's the other one twins that yeah. are classics yeah. but uh you know you're at you obviously you kick ass with the action stuff by the way I love fucking Hercules I don't know if you if anybody see I, I love Hercules oh, I saw you, it man. on a fucking plane and I'm like how did I not see this in the theater I know we're not here to talk about that but I fucking <laughs> loved it it brought me back to my Jason and the Argonaut days or something I loved it yeah fucking a. yeah we but, had a lot of fun with that man and that was a that was a bitch to make. I'm telling you that right now. I mean, look, you know, we, it was the crazy diet and the fucking training. And it was just, it was a bit, that was a good six months of training for that, for that role. And, and then, you know, and then you had to maintain it, you know, you guys know what it's like, you know, when you have to train and make your weight and do all that shit. And you just had to maintain that for four and a half months. That was, uh, that was a challenge, but look, well worth it. We made a good movie. There wasn't a lot of last out louding, but there was a lot (laughs) of, I'm going to get tortured. Hey, you're getting good reviews (laughs) on this too. Do you, uh, do you pay attention to that? Like, I mean, I guess as performers, we always look, but there's, you're getting really positive reviews. And is that something that you're like, I don't really care about that. Or does it really mean something to you? No, I do. Look, I, I care about it. And there's a lot of guys out there, right? And we all know them. Sometimes in the world of entertainment, uh, whether it's on stage doing comedy like you do, Jim, or, or whatever the case is, you know, a lot of guys and girls don't give a shit. I do. I like to check it. But here's the thing. I think it's really important to, when I read reviews, uh, I've worked hard over the years because it wasn't always like this when I first started my career. I've worked hard over the years to just to separate the fucking noise mm. from the, the real smart here's why i was not crazy about the movie or here's why i loved it um and i think once you settle into that place of separating the bullshit noise from the reviews you can really pull some some good stuff so yeah again uh you know we got real fortunate we got great reviews and comedies are always the toughest thing to review because generally they they get their ass kicked because comedy is subjective and what's funny to me might not be funny to you but but uh, yeah, we got some really good reviews. And and interestingly enough, there was a lot of highbrow reviewers out of the East Coast and New York and West Coast too who felt like this was the best performance of my career, which surprised me. And, and hey, I'll take it. And it was a cool thing. But uh, I was like, okay. And then that's when I'm like, yeah, you guys know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because we, critics, I've also, I've bagged on critics before. But never once has a critic ever said something nice where I'm like, what the fuck do they know? It's only when they're nasty that I say that they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, look, and it's always it's always the loudest that gets heard. It's always when somebody's bitching about something, it draws your attention to it. It draws our attention to it. Like if somebody, somebody could say, oh, yeah, you know, Jim, I saw your show. I think it's, um, uh, what is a uh, mouthful of shame, right? Yes. Is that your tour? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, I loved it. You're like, oh, great. But the moment somebody's like, ah, you fucking suck. It's like, what? Who the fuck are you? Like, no, that's, that's like probably actually half the audience. You know, <laughs> five people show up and two like it and two and a half are indifferent. 
Hey, were you ever tempted to like you know we could we we just talked to CM Punk and, and Brock is fighting? Did you ever have that temptation to go into uh, any type of mixed martial arts? Was it ever a thought for you? I did. I had a thought back in well when I was in college. I, I saw the first UFC that came out. Where we were playing down at University of Miami, and I loved it then. But at that time football was my number one priority and trying to make it to the NFL. And then I always felt like wrestling, I could fall back on wrestling because I grew up in the world of wrestling, right? With my sure. family, they were all wrestlers. So when I, when I quietly retired from the WWE in 2004, I felt like I was, re so when I quietly retired, I wanted to concentrate on my movie career. There was a time when my movies weren't doing that well. And I, and I had a hard time, like really finding my groove and, and finding finding what I felt like the audience really wanted to see from me. So I was making these movies and to use like a baseball analogy, I was hitting like singles and doubles maybe. And then at that point I was like, man, what the fuck do I do? And, and I felt like I had achieved everything in wrestling in the WWE that I wanted to achieve in my last, what we call programs, uh, which the fight, basically a, a match was with Brock. And I felt like, and at that time I was world champion. I dropped him the belt. He became the face of the company and I was happy to quietly walk away. And in our business, it's, it's what you call just, you know, passing the torch essentially and doing the honors. So there was a time there where I thought, man, I achieved everything I, I wanted to achieve in WWE. My movie career is floundering a little bit. What do I do is relatively still young. I think it was 34. And I thought, Oh, well maybe UFC, maybe I should do something like that. Then I thought, well, in, I respect the sport of mixed martial arts so much. I felt like in my head, I felt like it was still a, a, at least a two year process for me to get, to even get in the octagon, let alone the USC. I, and I wasn't quite too sure what to do or what kind of people to put around me at that time. So the idea kind of fizzled out and then I continued to stay on the path of movie making, but still a big fan and love the sport. But at one time I did consider it. And by the way, I couldn't have been happier, by the way, for Brock when he got out of WWE and he started doing MMA. Uh, excited for CM Punk uh, to make his debut, too. And, and look, anybody, by the way, who, who is successful in one area and then commits to MMA, like, I just feel it's the toughest fucking sport in the world. And I always take my hats off to those guys. Well, Brock, I have so much respect for, too, because Brock, again, he had uh, diverticulitis, and then he fights Alistair Overeem, and he gets kicked. And, I mean, really, he gets hurt. Yeah. And he's going back in to fight again. Like, that's a competitive dude who, who has been there and actually gotten hurt doing it and says, no, now I want to see what my full potential is when I'm not, you know, I, the diverticulitis is not affecting me. Yeah, man. You know, that's a, I've known Brock for a long time now. He's a good buddy. And that's, that's a whole other level, I think, of, of psychology that a lot of people don't understand. Um, and, you know, in this, right, in sports, you guys know this, especially in like UFC and, and in boxing and in WWE, like the fans can be really polarized, you know, and, yep. and a lot of fans don't understand. But that's a whole other level of psychology that I really, really admire. And the guy, and by the way, it just, it speaks volumes, I think, to, to who he is as a guy and you know that the, the former national champion and then he went on to do what he did in pro wrestling and as well in, in in ufc so i'm excited to see him come back man and especially especially against mark hunt especially against <laughs> can't wait yeah mark hunt that's a that's a brave one because always this thing and i think matt had said that brock didn't love getting hit which nobody loves getting punched in the face i'm sure but to go up against a guy like Mark Hunt, who really, really throws a, a big punch, I mean, that, that's a very, very tall order to go back in and have to fight him. 
Yeah, it is. And it's, and it's a lot of balls and a lot of guts, but that's who Brock is, you know, and both these guys just love to fight. And when you, when you think about Mark Hunt, you know, and his background, I don't know if you guys had a chance to read it, but I read his book probably a couple of months ago. He oh. actually sent it to a buddy of mine, uh, a, a common buddy we had. And man, that guy's story and his background and his fucking hardcore background is really, really impressive. So, you know, again, it just adds a whole other perspective when you see him step into the octagon. Oh, man, I didn't even know he had a book. No, That's I didn't big. either. We'll plug that thing. <laughs> yeah, That's... yeah, it's pretty hardcore. You guys should check it out. Are I mean, you going to really be at 200? I'm trying to go, man. I'm trying to go. Because it looks like right now we might be shooting on that Saturday since by the end of the week our shooting just progresses into the middle of the night. And if we're not, I'm going to be right there. Now, do you prefer comedies or action? What's a, what's a, what's a harder thing for you to do uh, as in films? Well, look, I mean, I think the hardest thing to do, period, in movies and in general is is comedy and making people laugh. I think it's extremely difficult to do. And especially in movies, right, because, you know, it requires a rhythm that you go back and forth with with your comedy partner. Or if you have more than one people, more than one person, it's, it requires a lot of, like, ping pong back and forth and volleying back and forth and requires timing. So um, I love both. And but comedy's comedy's not an easy thing. And, and but if you strike it right, and you make a lot of people laugh, man, on a, on a big global level, it's a really cool thing. And it's got to be a little. I mean, not intimidating, but you're with a guy like Kevin Hart, who you know is is you might hysterical. accidentally step on. Yeah, <laughs> you might step on. <laughs> First of all, the guy's my height, Jimmy. So stop it. I'm a big fan of his. But uh, you know, well, you're going with such a a, a, a comedic uh, genius like that. I mean, the guy's just killing it out there. And and during the the movie, man, you're getting some of the biggest laughs. I mean, my wife was dying to the point where I'm like, honey. What are you doing? But I'm, I, you know, with the unicorn. I, I mean, I, I don't want to give nothing away with the, with the, with the movie. But the the the, the scene with the shrink and this, I, I want to get into it. I oh, want people yeah. to see it. But oh man, forget about it. No, it was so good. I told you a lot wow. of laugh out louding. It was amazing. I, I really had such a good time. A lot time, of laugh out louding. That's a new thing. <laughs> That's that a new thing. Fucking welterweight champion is just. It's <laughs> gonna, it's gonna haunt me loud. forever. <laughs> No, but you know, with Kevin, so he's the, he's the biggest comedy star on the planet in terms of, you know, the guy's a comedic rock star and he's, he's really breaking new ground. So what we did when we came into this movie into central intelligence, um, in essence, I was the funny one and he was more the straight guy. <laughs> and look, you know, for a guy like that, who's literally the biggest star in the world, one of the biggest stars and certainly the biggest comedic star in the world for him to come into this. And I got to tell you guys, you know, it, it's a rare thing, I think, with a guy of that magnitude, when somebody's a star like that, who then you're presented with the script that says, okay, somebody else is actually going to be set up for these jokes. You have to serve it and support it. This dude not only embraced it, but pulled me aside on day one. And he was like, look, brother, I got to tell you, I'm so excited for you for this character. Nobody's ever seen you play this role before. And I'm here for you. Um, uh, if you, whatever you need from me in terms of I'll serve you up. And if I feel like something's falling a little flat, boom, I got you. I'm right there. So the fucking, he was amazing. And, and I always appreciate that. Cause look, he could have easily said, you know what? This is not going to work for me. It doesn't fit my brand. I need to be the funniest one on screen. But I think when you come at it and you check your ego at the door, 
and it just allows for more success. And I think in that, you see the chemistry that you saw on screen between us. Yeah, 100%. I'm sorry, Jimmy. That's okay. and, uh, and you know what's what I really love? And, you, and that's what you could tell with the chemistry. And you could see how you guys get along. I love at the end of the movies where... And uh, like like with Step Brothers, you saw this like when you see like that behind the scenes or the the, the blooper oh, the reel outtakes. type thing. Yeah, the outtakes. That's it. Like when you, and you can tell how you guys. It's just you can tell how you guys get along, <laughs> and I think that picks up uh, the audience picks up on that. You know, I mean, I was dying yeah, at the yeah. end of that too. I mean, it was just so. There's so many things I want to say man, about that, the movie, Jimmy. You got to see this movie. I will see it because I, I know Kevin since he started. Yeah. So I'm really happy for him. You know, he used to open for me for 300 bucks in a college. Now he's doing two arenas a night. I'm happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him that. Yeah. He's like, no, but Kevin, Kevin, Kevin is a, a really like a gut punch funny guy, and uh, I'm not surprised that he's doing as well as he is because he's pretty fearless. I remember when he'd be in the comedy cellar, and I would go down. Guys like Patrice O'Neill and myself, and Keith Robinson yeah. and Rich Voss, and we would go down there and then just sit in the front row while he was on and stare at him and try to ruin his set. <laughs> and he was really unshakable. Like he's just that kind of a funny guy, and and you kind of have to be to be on that level successful. Well, let me ask you this, Jimmy. So for in in the world of comedy, then where where does a guy like that go if he is this successful? selling out arenas every night, just did a stadium show in Philadelphia, his hometown, um, sold that thing out. He's, he's playing O2 Arena in London. He's playing all around the world. What's next for a guy like that in comedy? A guy like that in comedy will continue. The thing with stand-up is there's always new things happening in your life or current events that you can talk about. So he'll continue right. creating stand-up. He'll probably do a book. Um, I'm sure Kevin would have a, a number one best-selling book when he wants to do that. And he's branching out into like, he's got his own shoes. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me yeah. if he started a hat collection. I mean, the fucking guy's got his, he's really, he's got his hands in everything. And he's going to probably produce, and I wouldn't be surprised if he directed. So he'll just kind of be peripheral and, and continue doing stand-up. But Kevin will do whatever he wants, man. That guy is an animal. He just doesn't stop moving. That's right. That's right. He doesn't. Yeah, he's got a real entrepreneur mindset, man. And he was, he was a real, real pleasure to work with because he, he is the real deal. And, you know, look, in, in Hollywood and, and entertainment, he, sometimes you get a lot of guys who like, to, who like to portray to be a certain thing, and then they're that thing just for a limited amount of time. Um, but Kevin, he really puts in the time. Like you said, he's got his hands in everything. And, um, and also, i got to tell you, the biggest thing that really impressed me about him was his training. This fucking guy gets after it, man. Like, I love to get up at four in the morning and train. Like, that's my thing. And, and that's some bitch is up, too, man. And, just, and, and by the way, he'll be playing shows, so he'll be done at, like, one or whatever it is at night. And then he's up at four or five o'clock in the morning, man, really, really uh, hitting it hard. So it was really impressive. You enjoy getting up that early and working out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what time do, do you go to bed? <laughs> I usually go to bed around... 10 or 11 but look i gotta be on set generally around 7 a.m so the only time i could train is in that at that four o'clock window so um love getting up at four i get up have some caffeine nice do whatever work i gotta do in terms of emails and then i get after it and then that way it anchors my day right so you know whatever type of whether it's training or, or, or rolling around on the mats or, or meditation whatever it is for people like that for me um Training is uh, is the anchor. Well, congratulations on the, on the movie. It did great opening weekend. People are all saying it. I have not heard a bad word about this film. Everyone's saying how funny Thanks, you brother. guys are together. And it's nice to see because I love Kevin and I love you. So I'm, I'm happy that you guys are both, uh, you know, you found something together that's working. 
I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, we got lucky. Again, like I was saying, you never know if these things will work, and, and we got lucky because this one did. And hopefully we'll see you at 200. Um, you know, it would be nice to uh, to sit down and talk with you. And now, do you have any predictions for 200? Look, I just I just want to see a great fight. You know, I just – I got the card – the full card uh, was put in front of me this morning, and that card is just stacked. <laughs> yeah, it's man. insane. It and is look, insane. Look, I, I – you know, I – and when you look down at it, it's like <laughs> it's the most stacked card that I've ever seen in the UFC. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not, but I mean from yes. from it's top from top to bottom, yeah, it's just amazing. So in terms of predictions, uh, I'm always the same. I have too much respect for these guys because it's not like in wrestling, you know, in pro wrestling and WWE, where everything is what we call a work. You can you can predict, oh, you know, The Rock is going to go over, or you know. Brock Lesnar's going over because of the storylines, and you can predict that way. In, in terms of this, like I always feel like everybody's got a punching chance, and I just always want to see a great fight. That's it. Yeah, and I and I'm I I, I uh, was talking Matt before. I make the predictions and I make them wrong, so I'm probably I'm probably better <laughs> off just taking your stance on it, which is like, look, these guys are doing something I can't do. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. What about you, Matt? You got any predictions? Or do you uh, do that or no? Oh no, for sure I do that. Uh, the on who? The Brock Lesnar versus uh, Mark Hunt? Well, let's say let's say with Cormier and Jones. Oh, I believe Jones will win again. I do. I think that uh, whatever Rusty had on, he worked off in that last fight with uh, Saint uh, Saint. Pr what, the, what was his name? Oh, you, you, yes, Saint that's Pruden. the one. Uh, in his last fight, that went it went all five rounds. But whatever Rust was yeah. there, and people gave him too much crap on that fight. I think he did well. He he won versus a very tough guy. But uh, it's probably better he's fighting uh, DC in in this fight than his first fight back. And but I feel. It may it might it might probably be similar to the first one. I think Jones is gonna be victorious. What do you think, buddy? Yeah. Do you do you think? Uh, do you make predictions? What do he you doesn't think? make them. Oh, you don't make them. I don't. No, uh, not really. Again, you know. Again, I just. I, it's. I have too much respect. Nah, you know, I and I'm not saying that that you don't. But you're in it, obviously, and you're former yeah. champion, world champion there. And I just. Again, I just feel everyone's got a punching chance, and I always what? just want to see a great fight between the guys. I'm happy to see John, Jones back. You know, I think what I love about this fight with these guys is I feel like I don't feel like it's a it's a worked promotional thing. Oh, I feel no. like there's real hatred between these guys. And I always enjoy seeing that play out and seeing how calm they can be. But yet at the same time, talking about, you know, I'm going to rip your fucking spine out of your fucking body. I yes, just, exactly. So I'm ex yeah. <laughs> What about uh, what about Hunt and uh, and Lesnar? You know, you I'm I'm looking at Mark Hunt versus Brock Lesnar as you know. Again, they both have weapons elsewhere, but that is the the nowadays that's the most to like the classic grappler versus striker. Not that Brock right. can't throw a punch. I mean, he knocked down I think uh, Couture with a jab. I mean, the guy's powerful as hell, but yeah. he's not going to want to be punching too much with Mark Hunt. Uh, but if he gets him down and, he, and you have Brock Lesnar on top of you, he's, he's devastating on top. So, it, it, you know, I mean, I, it, it's just it's it, Brock's been gone for so long and Mark Hunt has been laying out some very good grapplers lately. So, I mean, I'm I'm really on the fence with that one, man, right on now. Fence, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. If, if it's if, if Mark's able to keep it up, we're, a lot's going to be able to if that that first round we're going to the first minute. 
we're gonna it's gonna say a lot about that fight how that's gonna go I, I I, i'm predicting hunt but not, not with any disrespect to brock it's jimmy just like, loves hunt i love mark hunt and i'd rather fight a fucking 747 than mark hunt <laughs> he is a powerful <laughs> scary guy and now that you said he has he's from new zealand right is he uh is he from like the, is that that is where he's from i believe yeah he's, he's a samoan out of out of new zealand and are they like the maoris or are they, are they totally the opposite in, in well, I mean, part of Polynesian descent. Yeah, I used to live in New Zealand too, man. And 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 uh, there's Maoris there in New Zealand. There's uh, Samoans there in New Zealand. But he is, um, yeah, that guy's an animal, a real animal. But if you can, you should check out his book. I think you're really being. If you were a fan already, I think you're really going to be a fan after that. Do you ever see Once Were Warriors? I heard of it. Yeah, dude, that was amazing. Yeah, and yeah. that's the real deal. That's very authentic. It is. Yeah, it's a great in movie. In many ways. About New Zealand. Really, really sad, but great film. All right, well, thanks for calling. I don't want to end on a depressing <laughs> note. Hey, did you ever see that terrible... He's promoting a great comedy. I'm like, did you ever see that really depressing film? Let's talk about alcoholism. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot, Jim. Great. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Obviously, the film is being well-reviewed. Uh, you're making a lot of money, the film. So, you know, I'm sure you guys will have a sequel if you want one. For sure. Well, look, guys, thank you. I appreciate it. And congrats on, on the podcast, man. I heard that uh, heard you guys were kicking ass, and and, uh, and it's doing great already. So congrats. It's oh, awesome. man. Thank Thanks, you, man. Thank, Thanks a lot for calling. Thanks in. so much, man. Appreciate it. All right, boys. All right, Thanks, take boys. care, bro. Later. He's a good guy. What a good dude, huh? Yeah. I've actually and, never met him. We've talked on the phone a couple of times. I've you, never actually sat down with him. You know, you hear about people and, and uh, you know, these A-list celebs and stuff like that, and you hear about them, how they are around r how they treat people and stuff. And you hear nothing but good things about The Rock. Yeah. I mean, that's what you hear. And that, and you could tell right there, what a good dude. Yeah. And I'm, I am genuinely happy for them. You know, it's like when you like people, you want to see them do yeah. well. When and you don't like people, you want to see them shut the bed. A hundred percent. Central Intelligence, go check that out. What a good movie. Yeah, I will. This is UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Here's the important thing. I'm physically comfortable because I like my underpants. I mean, honestly, that's oh, to me why this show it. works. My underpants are comfortable. And, and today, I am going with the me on these. Uh, listen, what I have the other day, I, I, the, uh, I had the boxes on the other day. I even wore briefs. I didn't wear any underwear. I told you. I, I'm yes. definitely a free baller. I was a free baller. Now, uh, with these me undies, I was wearing the boxers the other day. I'm wearing briefs. I can't tell you. The briefs, I'm like, oh no, they're gonna be tight, and oh my ass, my everything's so my my package, everything feels so nice. And I gotta be honest, they look good because Matt was showing me, and the package looked very impressive. I hope that's not gonna be on the I hope that's not gonna be on the visual with the podcast, my ass hanging out. No, 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 no. But I, I'm telling you, it looked okay. really terrific. Thank I mean, you. better than it had the first time I saw it. And the thing is, I think is every pair of me undies. <laughs> Wait, is made. what are we talking? Are we talking about my ass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything and, and okay. the front. I think Matt stuffs in the front. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's all made from sustainably sourced modal. It's a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton, and I can tell you, it just feels good on my body. And there's nothing worse than when you have something and your balls don't feel right in it. You got to do the and pick and roll scratch. I hate when they have like the 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 piss hole. <laughs> the fucking what do you call it? The where you take your cock out of when the those. Oh, I know, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm enjoying <laughs> watching you fish for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fucking the little the pee hole. But uh, and, and next thing you know, you're you're sitting down and your cock's falling out of your your, your thing and. 
Am I, where am I going with this? I don't know, but I'm but, just... But, I'm, fuck. Right now, I'm enjoying... Like you said, it's the journey, not the <gasps> destination. I'm fucking, really... <laughs> I'm trying to tell you the me undies is a step above, <laughs> several step above any underwear I ever had. You're red right now. <laughs> I'm fucking turning red and I'm melting. Oh my God. You look like oh, uh, beetroot fuck. juice. I look like a fucking beetroot. I don't know. We're still talking about my cock. I mean, what is... We were talking about queefs earlier. That's a Can queef, we get back to MeUndies, please? We are, well, we are on MeUndies. Like, they're comfortable. And that's the most important thing. Sweating. When you're hearing two men talk about underwear, there's no way for two men to talk about underwear without saying, look, they feel good. That's why you wear them. They're comfortable. They do what they're supposed to do, which is they're a barrier between you and your pants. They hold your balls where they're supposed to hold your balls, and they're twice as soft as cotton. That's all you want from underwear. Underwear don't do anything magical. They don't sing. When you take your pants off, they don't go, there's no business like show. They just feel good or they don't. These do. Uh, and shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. And you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription plan or a single pair. Get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash UFC. That's MeUndies.com slash UFC for 20% off your first order. We really appreciate those guys supporting us. And they sent us them and they're comfortable. That's all you can say about them. They feel good on your body. They got and that's me, what you want in underwear. They got me back to wearing undies. Not just any undies. Me undies. Uh, here's the thing with underwear. You don't think about your underwear until they suck. You know, when you think about your underwear, when you're like, wow, it feels like right now, not to, to you know, I feel like Connor felt when Nate was choking him. That's how my testicles feel right now. My bag is getting cut off by a piece of my underwear, and I hate it. You see how you put that? I was trying to, see, this is what I'm talking about with stand-up comedians. Like, you, see how you, you describe things way better. Like, I tried to describe exactly what you were saying. And look what happened. You did a good job. I don't think it happened that. I don't know. It was fun watching you talk about your pee hole and your cock falling out. Yeah, and then I start sweating. (laughs) Like I'm fucking, I started just stripping. I'm like, why am I just getting all sweaty talking about my fucking own underwear? We like them very much. They're good sponsors of the show. And we do really appreciate the support. So please support those guys back because, uh, again, they're showing faith in us early on. MeUndies.com slash UFC. Uh, They're goddamn comfortable. And thank you guys for supporting us. Go get them. I think the best booker we could have is Dana White. He has the ability to get people on the fucking phone. The Rock <laughs> does not do radio interviews. CM Punk does not do a lot of radio phoners. And we got both of them on the same show. But that's thanks to Dana picking up the phone, I think, for us. Dude, second episode, I feel spoiled. I feel, you know, right? Yeah. Where do we go from here? I don't know. With these guys. I don't know. It's all <laughs> downhill. Is it all downhill from here? We had Dana, we had the Punk. Oh, man, the Rock, the Punk, I call them. I guess at this point, we should be talking about predictions for uh, uh, for uh, Dos Anjos versus Eddie Alvarez and Roy Nelson versus Derek Lewis. Yes, UFC my, fight night. I'm my excited. predictions stink. Always I am wrong. Who, who so we start, we'll that. start with the co-main, the uh, Roy Nelson versus Derek Lewis. What do you, what do you think about that, man? Personally, I... I uh, I can't go uh, against uh, Roy Nelson, man. I mean, that guy's, you know, he, he's got a right hand from hell. He's very, he's very good in jujitsu, which would, might come into play in in this fight. But I've never seen him do, like, I've never seen Roy do jujitsu. I know he can do it, and I think he did it on the Ultimate Fighter. But like in his fights, he relies so. And I'm certainly not criticizing Roy Nelson. There's nothing worse than a fucking <laughs> out of shape worm criticizing a professional. No. But I mean, he, I, to no, me, he, it just as an outsider, yeah. it almost is like he has fallen into the same thing that I watched Fedor fall into, which is just relying on the one big punch when you have so many other weapons. And it just seems like everybody knows you got to stay away from his right hand. And uh, Mark Hunt put him out. 
So, you know, once that button gets pushed, is he more likely to, to get knocked out again? Well, that's, listen, once you're, you know, physically, once your lights go out, it's never a good thing because it, you are that much quicker, you know, to go out again. You know, that's your body protecting itself. And when, you, when, when you're taking those hard shots and that's why guys often, I'm very happy to leave the sport with my chin. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, a lot of guys don't don't do that. They're, they're not don't you know they 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 have too many fights where they take that punishment. The lights go out too many times, and uh, then they no longer have a chin. You see guys that that used to be you know Chuck Liddell, you know one of sure. the greatest, used to be you know you could hit him with a fucking bat back in the day, and then towards the end, you know it it, it took its toll. He was know? beating Rich Franklin in that fight, and wasn't it? Didn't he have a broken arm? Chuck threw a kick. He didn't throw as many kicks. <laughs> He, I think, broke his arm with a kick, Dude. or he really damaged his arm with a kick. And then, and then, as the round is closing out, Franklin throws—I uh, forget whether it was a left or a right—and knocks him out. And that would have been the end of the fight if they had just made it to the end of that round. Chuck's ability to to dish out punishment did not diminish at all. Like he, if that, if his chin was still intact, I guarantee he'd still be in there because he loves. He's, he's a fighter, yeah. so he loves it. So. I believe if his chin was, you know, still there, he even said that if his chin was able to take it, he'd still be in there because he could definitely still, you know, dish it out. It's just as much, you know, it's just you can't take it as well. But, uh, but with Roy Nelson, you know, again, he got he got stopped by Mark Hunt, but his his lights weren't out too many times. I mean, I, besides that, I can't really. Uh, recall I think that's him. the only time. He's yeah, ever been man. Out. Am so, I wrong? Yeah. So I mean, that that's kind of. I think it's a little early to. Uh, you know, put him in that category of, and it's, you know, having. A, I'm not saying you're saying he's having a weak chin, right. but oh, not at all. You know, no. And Mark Hunt is an expert striker, an expert. Uh, Derek Lewis is a man. His nickname's the Black Beast. I didn't we double checked that, that four I times. I double checked it before. I don't want nobody marching at my academies. Listen to me. That's the last he's, thing you want to sound like you just <laughs> that you just that you're just yeah, saying you know, for no reason. What's his name? The Black Beast. The Black Beast is yeah. fighting. That's not his nickname. But, uh, right, you're both that's fighters. That's not his nickname. You. Oh, that's great. But he is. Uh, listen, powerful, powerful guy. Uh, I mean, he just uh, laid out. Uh, what's his name? The Jiu-Jitsu, uh, G- Gabriel Gonzaga, and uh, Gabriel Gonzaga is, is, is another one. That uh, is very dangerous um, with jujitsu, and, and he's got some decent striking, and he's a big dude. But uh, Did wow, you expect him to go further when he first came in and he knocked out Krokop with that kick. Like maybe because wow, Krokop yeah. looks so un- unbeatable coming out of Pride, but then yeah. but then when he got knocked out by Gonzaga, I was like, oh my god, this guy's a fucking monster, and he's a good fighter. But it seems like he never kind of yeah got into I, the top uh, top mm, ten. You know, he's had he's had that thing where he'd win one or two, and then lose one or two and right. he had that type of uh career still a very dangerous guy and yeah. whenever you get a guy that big who's very um skilled in jujitsu um it, it could be a problem for a lot of guys but uh yeah that that but the uh the, now i'm calling him the black beast every time but Derek lewis that i mean he he man the name suits, suits him he is a beast and he hits hard but uh, i think the experience uh, and the, and the right hand and the grappling where he could even clinch and maybe tiring him out even if he doesn't get him down, uh, take a little of the uh, the power away from him by getting the blood uh, you know getting into his uh, arms by fighting off some takedowns and fighting him uh, put him up against the cage and uh, I believe that uh, Roy Nelson's going to end up winning that fight. And my apologies to Roy Nelson, but I am also picking you. And knowing that I am I am death when I pick, 
Uh, any oh, fighter shit. I pick, uh, I apologize to in advance. Why is but I'm that? Why is that? I don't know. I have no knack to pick fights. None whatsoever. No? No. If me and that you fought it... and I picked you, I'd win. <laughs> I am the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. That's great. Well, that makes it more fun. Uh, the I'll tell you the uh, the main event. I'll, I tell me what you think about that. Uh, Dos Santos. I pronounce that correctly. I yeah. I always. I don't even know if it's Dos Anjos, Dos Anjos. I I speak English fairly okay. Yeah, not me, not so much. Silent J. I say it. If it's a J yeah. that you should say, I'll, I make I'll a silent. Dos Anjos. We know who we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, versus Eddie Alvarez. Tell me, tell me your thoughts. Well, I, of course, I'm rooting for uh, Dos Anjos. Because uh, I wanted that Connor fight so badly, I was okay. really disappointed. I really wanted to see him kick Connor. Uh, I like him a lot, so I'm picking him over Alvarez. Now look, he is. I listen. I, 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 I not think that's. I, I, I don't, I don't even. All. What's that? That was not. A, that was a, the shittiest analysis. Boy, am I going <laughs> to hear that one on Twitter? <laughs> what the fuck was that? You kicks and you uh, like him? No, that's fucking. <laughs> you like his kicks? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know I, when I. <laughs> he's been uh, Dos Santos has been looking just like a straight up murderer lately, you know? I mean, he's never looked better. He's getting better with each fight. I mean, he's, he looks on top of the world. Having said that, I'm picking Eddie Alvarez for this fight. So There's something that you cannot teach, and that's grit. And that and this guy is tough. He's gritty. He's had five-round wars before. He's had fights where he's had his eyes shut, he's been battered, and he came back and he won those fights. There's no quitting him. You're going to have to shoot that guy to stop him. And uh, I believe that he's going to come in there and he's going to, he's going to, he's just going to be, he's going to look to, uh, it's going to be an upset. Because I believe, obviously, I I think that Del Santos is probably the favorite. Is that correct? Do we even know about that? I don't know, actually. Chris is uh, shaking his head, yes. So I, you know, uh, uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a big for the underdog, but I really, I smell upset. Look at the way Eddie Alvarez fought, um, who did he just fight? Uh, Pettis. Is that correct? Pettis, yes, that was Pettis. He fought, and that was uh, that was an amazing fight. He fucking he, he he he, and the way he fought him, he could use that that similar game plan. I feel it's a different fighter versus uh, Dos Santos. He could get him up against the cage. He could grind him. He could look to take him down. And and this guy doesn't. This guy's got a phenomenal gas tank, just like Dos Santos does. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think he's a gritty, tough guy that's that's underrated. And uh, he's kind of under the radar, almost like the dark horse in the division. And is I that think an advantage? Let me ask you as a fighter: Is that an advantage when you, when you know that you're the, the underdog? Does that kind of give you that thing? Like, all right, well, no one's expecting me to win, so it, well, it, it takes some pressure yeah. off. No, a hundred percent. I mean, I mean, me personally, I was better as the challenger than the champion. I mean, I I liked when I was going to fight Saint Pierre, and everybody said I was going to die. Uh, and I was like, literally, they're like, yeah, I'd see my friends, and they'd be like, oh, you know, like, good luck. And I see they're like, they're like, kind of like almost shaking their head as they're talking to me. I'm like, you, you fucks. But, uh, I like, I like being the underdog personally. It gives, oh man, it, I feel like I, when I fought that, I lived my Rocky movie with that shit. So, but I, that fires me up. I don't, I like, I like saying people like, oh, you think I'm in trouble? Man, this guy's got to fight me. So we'll see what's up. But, uh, you know, everybody's different. Some guys get insulted by it. They think they should be the favorite and whatever they, listen, everybody's different with that. I don't know, Eddie. Do you know him? I know him. I'm okay. acquaintances with him. Uh, a matter of fact, I think it might've been his first fight. I had one of my fight is, uh, one of my guys, uh, had his first fight and it was in New Jersey and I'm like, all right, you're fighting this guy from, um, you know, we didn't know Eddie from a hole in the wall, you know, he looked like, you know, he's an in shape guy, but you know, everybody is looking that way. 
And my guy went in there and blasted him with like a right hand or something. And the guy fucking Alvarez just kind of give a little shook it off, like I give a little smirk or whatever, and then just beat the shit out of my guy. And that was the first time I ever met him. <laughs> so he was, uh, so he made it quite an impression. Right. And, uh, you know, so right off the bat, I'm like, oh, this it's tough. And then I saw his career take off from there. And just, he just kept, you know, my guy stopped fighting that one of those guys. And, you know, uh, and this, and, and look at him now. Now he's, uh, now he's challenging for the belt. And, and I think that, and again, he's been in five round wars before. And, and, uh, He's been losing fights or he had losing rounds and he comes back and there's no quit in this guy. So uh, I think that I think it's going to be an upset. I'm picking Eddie Alvarez. Okay. Well, I'm going to take those on you. So that's exciting. Uh, congratulations to Eddie Alvarez on your victory. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's weird, man. It's an uncanny knack. And I don't do it on purpose, but I literally almost never pick the winner. And let's talk about the possible matchups for the for the winner of either guy. I mean, there's guys like uh, Khabib. Now, dude, I'm going to kill all the names. Khabib, I'm not going to try to lay How do you pronounce his last name? Numa, Numa. I hope that's a rhetorical question. <laughs> uh, Khabib, Ben. Uh, good luck Khabib, to you. Khabib, Kebab. Yeah, I can't uh, say Tomato, tomato. But no, but... By the way, on Twitter, people are like, I can't wait to watch Sarah pronounce these names. Did they say people that? Are, oh, yeah, a lot Did of they them. say that? Yeah, they're really Those looking forward fucks. to you mispronouncing names. Oh, my God. They, they re- they're on to me. <laughs> they're on to me that I'm a total moron. But uh, Ferguson, uh, Ch- Chiesa... Uh, and of course, Nate Diaz, who I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I think everyone's a Diaz. You can't not like him. No, nah, well, the Diaz. Listen, I like guys that are just themselves. Like, like for better or worse. Like, you know, like the guys, like, like even guys like Bisping, guys that don't care, like so much what how they're perceived by the masses. Like the Diaz brothers, they're real. They're just fighters to the core. Right. They're, they they are fighters first. You know, and and and. Uh, and they wear their hearts on their sleeve, you know? And that's what I like compared to the guys that are just whatever, man, trying to be something they're not or put on a persona or just whatever, talking crazy shit. I mean, I, I, if you're talking shit and it's coming from the heart, cool, you know? But, uh, you know, no, I love the Diaz brothers. But, I mean, listen, all th- the winner of this fight, man, any one of these guys that I just mentioned from uh, Khabib to, to Ferguson, how about Tony Ferguson? I mean, that guy... That guy's a straight up killer, man. That guy's that guy's just been on a tear, a tear. You familiar with Ferguson? Mm-mm. Yeah, he was on the uh, he won the uh, the Ultimate Fighter. What season was that, Chris? You doing the uh, homework on that? Um, he won the Ultimate Fighter, and since then, man, I mean, he's very wiry on the floor. He's very he's dangerous off his extremely dangerous off his back. Hard to get him there. I mean, but very hard to keep a position on him. Dangerous, threatening with submissions and standing up. He's just Man, punches, elbows, knees, kicks. I mean, the guy, and he's and he's got that that Terminator mentality. So I like Ferguson a lot. I mean, Ferguson, I like Ferguson a lot. So you know, the winner of uh, RDA or Eddie Eddie Alvarez, man, any one of these guys could be a a, a great matchup. And uh, people ask about Connor. I don't think he has anything to do with this. With, not with uh, Dos Anjos anymore. I don't think that that's. No, nah, he's listen. He's got his hands full with Diaz and that 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 fight. So I don't think we could really talk about that until he 
gets that second fight with Diaz in, which I'm, which is a hell of a fucking hurdle. He's very ballsy to get in there immediately after with Diaz again because he, I mean, he yeah. choked him pretty effectively and uh, and and pretty definitively. And uh, he, he, for him not to take another fight that oh. might be considered a little easier first is uh, pretty ballsy. Well, Dana Dana told me, and he and he said it, you know, also publicly that the guys uh, that Khan is obsessed with Nate Diaz now with that. Oh, fight. he is. He's obsessed with that fight. Fighting at that same weight and everything else. Personally, uh, it, it's going to be. I mean, listen, you saw what happened when when and Diaz didn't have a camp, so uh, you know I think that's going to be that's going to be a rough fight for him. But uh, hey, man, you know it's a rough business. I don't know Connor. I've never interviewed him, but uh, you know I always root for the guy with a big mouth to get knocked yeah. out. But after I saw him lose and his interview that he was doing with ESPN or somebody, I found myself liking him a lot. Like I like a lot of these guys when I actually hear them do an interview uh, that's just kind of calm and like after yeah. you know you can tell a lot about a guy by the way he is when he loses. And uh, he was he, he was very personable when he lost and very honest. And I was like, man, I really like this guy. Now I kind of want to see him win. Well, he even says it. Uh, Conor McGregor says whether you know he's he's humble in victory or defeat, and he is. When he's won fights, he he wasn't being a dick. He was very humble. He was nicer to uh, Jose Aldo than you would have thought somebody who hated Jose Aldo would have been yeah. after he won. And I don't even think he hates him to be honest with you. I think that he just sold the hell out of that fight yeah. man and i listen i i think that that he is he's great he's phenomenal for the sport and i think he's a very good fighter i think he's an even better talker uh my my my, my only problem with connor would be if you're if you're talking shit to the guy you're fighting cool but if you see diaz there and you're talking shit to his camp that are also made up of fighters i don't i don't like that because now you're not fighting that guy and now you're being disrespectful to a guy like, say, Jake Shields or somebody. It is Jake Shields, actually. I remember him talking shit off to him off to the side. It's like, all right, dude, that guy, literally, that wait. Now, that guy, now you know the guy can't get his hands on you because they're going to break it up. So now, now you're not, now, the, now you're not really being real because you're not saying to this, if you and him are in an elevator or you and him in a fucking closed room somewhere, you're not saying that shit. You, you, you can't because you know, the guy will take your fucking, he'll end your career. So that kind of stuff upset, it not upsets me. It just, I don't respect that as much, but uh, you I think, think it's it more like yelling out the window of your car when you know the doors are locked. Oh fuck yeah! Oh no, a hundred. No, there's no difference. I mean, there's. I mean, it, I watched it either on the embedded or whatever it was when he was. Again, he was attacking uh, the, those guys' camps, or he's calling for I don't know Verdum from a hole in a wall. But uh, the guy pulled out of a fight, and he's sitting there saying that the guys, the heavyweight champion's a pussy, and this and that. Now look, man. I mean, what the now? Okay, if that's your honest opinion, cool. But is he going to say it if he's this close? That's what I respect. I respect the guy that's going to not change his mind, whether we're arms distance or you're uh, a football field away with security guards. Now, do way. you think he? Now, is part of him just doing that though? Just kind of getting under everybody's skin because that makes him fighting. Like, is it not really a personal attack on Verdum? Is it like if I'm just kind of aggressive and talking a lot of shit about everybody, then you get a lot of people disliking you who may not be paying attention to you anyway. Like people who love Fabrizio Verdum may go like, well, fuck McGregor. Now I'm going to watch just to watch him get his ass kicked. Like, it's a way of getting an audience involved who might not uh, want to see you fight because they like Verdum and that's the only guy they want to watch. No, listen. I mean, whether people hate... You don't want people indifferent in the fight Right, game. right, right. That's what I'm you saying. want the people to either love you, hate you, but they're going to tune in to watch either you victorious or you getting an ass kicking, but they're tuning in. So, like I said, I don't want to hate on Connor for any of that because, fuck, man, I'm buying. I love it. I love yeah. watching his fights. And he's a great... And he's a good, really good fighter. I enjoy his fights. He's, he's fucking talented as hell. I... I I enjoy 99% of the shit talk, but more so he's on the stage. 
he sees the guys off to the thing and he starts personally attacking guys. The Verdum thing I can understand somewhat. I mean, because the guy pulled out of a fight and he had to save it or whatever. I mean, I can maybe there's some legs to stand on there, but uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, man, say if you you got to say what you're feeling if the guy's right in front of you if not and if the guy get you know he's not he's definitely not doing it i saw him talk that shit to jake shields that time and then he goes backstage and he's telling his buddies ah you see what i said and it's like you little motherfucker the guy will fucking strangle you are you not like you're not nuts because you know he's not going to strangle you because he's not going to be able to get his hands on you so that's my only problem so you don't think that he would like you you think he'd be less likely to say it with a guy like verdum sitting like as close as you and i are I mean, he, if he has a death wish, but I don't think he'd say it. I don't think he'd say that. No. Would a fighter actually take a swing at another fighter like that? Like, I'm, I'm sure it has happened. Well, it comes down to being disrespectful. Like, as a, these are fighters you're talking about. You know what I mean? So it's like, like if, uh, like I, again, I go back to the Jake Shields thing because I remember that that just sticks out in my head. And uh, he's off to the side, and uh, and and you know he's calling him this, calling him that. Now, hey, dude, that guy, that it, it wouldn't even be a, that. That's not a fight, dude. Not only different weight classes, the guy's an expert in jiu-jitsu. That guy will take your fucking limbs off. So, and you're being disrespectful. You're not fighting that guy. Right. Anything you say to Diaz, you're hashing out. You're going to hash out it. You're going you're gonna to let it all out in the cage. I don't mind, you know, but man, I had a problem back in the day with Matt Hughes. I'm not going to his camp saying, hey, you, this, I'm, uh, unless it's a I'm prepared to fucking yeah. have something go on with that guy. So, I don't know. I, I think that's a little unmanly. But. You know, I, Uriah Faber one time was saying something about a guy he was going to fight, like one of his earliest fights, a guy was trying to psych him out and talking shit and getting crazy. And uh, I, I asked him if it worked, because of course it would work on me very effectively. And he goes, well, no, I mean, we're, this, we're here to fight. There's nothing to say because we're oh, going no. to fight. Like, that's how you settle it. And to me, that, well, obviously, that's a true fighter's attitude. Where for me, I fall for that shit. Somebody gives me the wrong eye contact, I'm convinced that they know how to fight. Like, I'm very easy to punk. <laughs> <laughs> You're very easy to oh, punk. The fucking okay. worst. I'm not oh. on this podcast because I'm tough. And somebody, <laughs> somebody wrote me on a thing like you know, like like they expect me to be a, an, an expert on UFC. That's not why I was hired. No, I'm but, 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 but you know guy. what? A lot of guys that are watching have the same questions that you have. And you're a fan. A lot of guys are watching UFC aren't experts, but they're fans. So the questions you have. Or a lot of people have, so I think that's uh, that's very cool that you bring up anything that you think that might be silly or oh, is that a silly question? It's not because a lot of guys anything. I don't give a fuck. I'll ask somebody because somebody on Twitter said, and it's funny how you look at Twitter that uh, you know you should have known when this fight was happening. I think I asked Dan when McGregor or somebody was fighting. Sometimes you do know the answer to a question, but you ask somebody because it's more interesting for them to answer it or for Dana to say it than for me to just brag that I know when Connor's fighting. Hey. I know when the fight is. Gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. Let him answer it. Oh man! So there is a, sometimes a, you know sometimes you are doing that when you interview somebody. You ask a question that you know they have a story for or that they have an answer for because it's more interesting to hear them say it. Well, I'm going to learn all that from you. Like I said, man. I mean, maybe I got with each show that goes on. It's like with, with, with it's like getting belt tested. Like eventually, I'll get some stripes on my belt and. I want to just learn as I go. You're like my sensei in this area. You oh, know boy, that. you could not have picked a worse sensei because <laughs> I'm all over the place. Oh, man. No, fuck. What he wrote we, me a little you, note. Yeah, hold I'm on. Let's look at the note. Let me no, see the no, note. Let's look at the note. You might as well just hold say Hold on. It. You guys suck a bag of what? 
Oh, wrap up. dicks. Wrap, wrap up. up. This is the, the end, end of, of the, the show. show. All right. All right. We Fuck. know. We know. Wow. We've been talking kick us for out a the, while. Kick us out the fucking door. I hate you? that he wrote on a little yellow post-it, and then he didn't post it. He just holds it up. He holds it up. Fucking stick it on the mic. We come, we come to a fucking halt. He writes it on a post-it. You've wasted a post-it. Fuck, man. <laughs> so we'll be back on, uh, what day are we coming back uh, next Monday? Or is it Tuesday? Tuesday. I should probably know that. I shouldn't ask live. <laughs> Next Tuesday will be on every Tuesday and Thursday. How, how embarrassing would it be if we were both fired over the weekend? <laughs> and uh, where could they find this podcast? Anywhere they find iTunes, no? You can go to this. Anywhere, uh, they fucking, anywhere they find iTunes? Does anywhere they sense? find iTunes? No, it doesn't. Dude, I should just let you do all the plugs. <laughs> Why? Dude, I what do am I even too. saying? Uh, you can go Shit, to this iTunes. is going downhill fast. No, it's perfect. Is we're, it good? No. All right. Now we're doing good. Oh. It's uh, Google Play and it's uh, iTunes and where else? Spotify. Spotify. Oh, yeah. Spotify, Spotify sent out a nice tweet. Uh, so we appreciate that. Anyway, you can get your podcast. Uh, please subscribe and support this because that lets iTunes know that you're happy and it helps us and it keeps Dana because Dana is very active in this one. We got a bunch of text messages, all supportive, but I don't want to start getting the angry Dana text. That's what fucking scares me, is I know that anybody who works for UFC has gotten the angry Dana White text. I've only gotten nice ones from him. I don't want the shitty, mean Dana White text. They frighten me. Did you ever... How do you know they exist? They have to exist. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. I've been with him since 2001. I never got one of those texts, but I'm happy about it. All right, so 15 years in the making, so maybe I won't get one. <laughs> All right, so guys, uh, uh, this is, uh, you know, next Tuesday and Thursday... We're just <laughs> we're just fucking babbling <laughs> that, at this point. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, next Monday, no Tuesday. <laughs> Cut that up. Make us look good. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice with chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream. The Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.